Most gracious and merciful, kind and loving Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord Jesus, that we can come before your throne of grace this morning, Lord, and uh, have you in our, in our presence, Lord Jesus, and um, come with open hearts and humble hearts, Lord, and praying, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to us this morning, your people, who were called by thy name. Pray that we humble ourselves, pray and seek your face, and turn from our wicked ways that you would hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. Lord, we need you this morning. We need you uh, in light of every, everything that has been happening uh, in this world. We've had the disasters and, and earthquakes in, in Japan and, and uh, in Haiti and, and Christchurch and Chile and many other places. We have the rebellions going on in, in the Middle East, Lord, and the terrible tornadoes that have struck, this damage that has taken place and the lives that are lost. Father, we need you. We need you to come to be with us this morning, Lord, as we pray for those who have lost loved ones, family members, and all these disasters, Lord, and want to pay heed, Father, and give attention to you, Lord, that you are calling us, Lord Jesus, to come to you uh, as never before, to put our faith and our trust totally in you during these times, Father, for we know that our times are short here, and your coming is soon, Father, and we want to we want to uh, come humbly before you this morning. We pray, Lord, for those who couldn't make it this morning. We pray for our visitors, Lord, uh, that you would bless them today as they have come to listen to your message. And we pray for our children, Lord, bless them and continue to be with them as they continue to grow in you. Lord, may we continue to help them and turn their hearts uh, toward you, Lord, in, in all that we do and say. May we uh, produce that character, Lord, that is that is worthy uh, of your calling. And, Father, we pray for uh, our brother Sam this morning as he gives us the message. Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit would anoint his lips and that he would give us a message that we need to hear, Father, and that we can cause us to draw closer to you. Father, thank you so much for being our God. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. Where would we be if we didn't have this hope, Lord? We we thank you for that and just ask your special blessing today to the one and only God who has uh, uh, come to be with us and, and who is to give us his grace and his mercy. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. today is 462 blessed assurance Jesus is mine
please be seated. First of all, I'd like to uh, invite you, even though we don't like to do this, I'm going to invite you to the Lena, L-E-N-A, Lena Church next week. We don't like to do that. We like to keep our members here, but the reason I invite you is because uh, I put some flyers out in the hall so you can see this. Jack Sequira is going to be in Lena on Friday and Saturday. And uh, you don't, may not know who Jack Sequira is, but um, those Bible studies that we do, God, For God So Loved the World, he's the one that wrote those. And I, I think I explained to you before, he's the one that brought me, or his studies... Somehow God finally got through to me. After 17 years of being in this church, I finally came to the conclusion that I was saved. And savable. <laughs> so he is very, I really like his studies. And the topics he's going to have is on Friday night, it's false ideas on, justific false ideas on justification by faith. On Saturday, the Gospel of the Kingdom, the Cup of Calvary, Christ our Righteousness, and the Believer's Judgment. And I'm going to sit there for every one of them. And if you can't go, I'm going to see if I can get them to come here. So that'll be my job. All right. But if you want to see this, it's out on the, uh, in the foyer um, on the table. Now I'm going to do the tithes and offerings. And if you watch the weather lately and the world events going on, you're starting to think, if you're thinking like me, what in the world is going on? And, you know, we know sooner or later it's going to end. And our offering today goes to the North American Division. And, see, the world's going to end sooner or later. But... There's people out there yet that need to, still need, are in the process of making that decision. Is there a God? Is there not a God? Our offering today will go to facilitate that message and hopefully draw more people to the conclusion that yes, there is a God and he's a God of love. So, would our deaconess, deacons, deacons, please come forward, and we'll have a word of prayer. Dear, gracious, and loving Heavenly Father, it is such a blessing to know you and to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you for everything. And now as we return a portion to you, we ask that you will multiply it, that you will take these funds and put them to use in the right places and that somehow it will lead people to a knowledge of you. For your glory, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
But any children out there? It's time for a children's story. You come on up. Come on up. Come on up. morning. Say, <clears throat> probably the guys know, but maybe the gals too. If you ever see like uh, History Channel, you know, where there's battles going on and you see, what? Yes. I was going to ask, what does that mean when you see that waved up? I surrender. Yep. And, <laughs> and so the if one side surrenders, what does the other side? Do the other side win or lose? Okay. So then the side that surrenders and waves the white flag, do they lose or win? They lose. Okay. They what? They both lose because they don't get what they want. Oh, say that out loud. They both lose because they both don't get what they want. Very good. So um, now we're on the battle side now, Okay. So when the guy or whatever waves, waves the white flag, uh, is he choosing to surrender, or is there a general or a captain that, that gives the orders? General and the captain does? Who's our general and captain? God is. God is. When we decide to surrender to God, is it his choice or ours? Well, we were given free will, right? In other words, the free will to choose. And we might make poor choices and we might make good choices. But if we choose to surrender to Christ, it's got to be only our choice. No, it's, you're doing great. I'm glad. I'm glad for the response. You're doing good. It's first day. Everybody's got to have a first day. So when we surrender, okay, here. So when we hold up the black flag, okay, and we surrender to Christ, what we're doing actually is that we're surrendering our sin to him. We're giving up ourselves so that he can do great things through us. We're giving up and surrendering our selfishness, and um, there's no one more selfish than me. So we're giving up this. Can the readers read that? So 
selfishness, okay? Fear. We're also giving up, say that out loud, fear. 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 Yep, we give up fear. And we're giving this to Christ too. Insecurity. Insecurity. And in place of, he's going to give us love for others. He's going to give us courage. He's going to give us purity. And these things make our choices in life easier. Will you guys say this verse with me? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. Psalm 3, 5. Thank you for being with me. You go back hey, to your seats. Due to the lack of time this morning, we're going to skip the music part and go right into the scripture reading because that's a little longer. So I'm sorry, but that's what it's going to have to be this morning. Thank you. Our scripture reading for this morning, Happy Sabbath, is going to be, uh, the first part is going to be read uh, out of the... uh, the hymnal in the back, uh, number 816. <clears throat> number 816, if you'll give me a few minutes to get there. Thank you. And I'll read the light print, and you can read the um, dark print. You know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Amen. And our second part here is found in 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verses 16. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. May the Lord add his blessings to these words.
Thank you, Paul. Doug, thank you. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. As I've said in other churches, you've got to prime the pump first. Okay, our sermon this morning is in two parts, but before we start, let's have a moment of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, again, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be with us just now and lift our minds toward you, that we can understand the words that you would like us to understand this morning and become closer to you. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Sermon's in two parts this morning. How many of you this morning have sworn, cursed, or said some words that you didn't know what you were saying? Hmm? That's what Second Timothy is all about. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto you more ungodliness. I wonder what these profane and vain babblings are. I hear out there greeting people who use these words, and I'm not certain they know what they mean. Because I don't think they'd be using them if they did. Uh, How about that word darn? And I don't mean to mend your socks and either. That's the same as damn. Have you thought about that? So when we say darn it, we're saying damn it. How about geez? You hear that a lot, don't you? It's a short way of saying Jesus. Gosh. You hear that a lot too, don't you? Same as God. Cripes, same as Christ. And then we have this little word that I heard from my neighbor lady who used it in every sentence that she practically spoke till the point came that I asked that our kids not play when she was around because she used it all the time. And we see it used more and more, and once in a while it slips into our church. And it's that their F-R-I word. Well, it replaces the F word, period. Because they had a radio program on one morning and they have a new dictionary out with all the meanings of all the words that ain't in the old Webster's Dictionary. And it was a call-in show, so I called in and I asked him about this word and he said it's the very same thing. So if you're using it, that's what you're using. You're not using what you think you are. We use it as an expression, you know, uh, for toward excitement and all this stuff, you know. For, I think one time I've seen in a bar, it says profanity is the, is the lack of knowledge. And I thought, yeah, you're right. What a place to have it, huh? In a bar, of all places. There on the wall, big sign. How about this, oh my God. Have you heard that lately? Have you seen these here shows where they um, build these homes for people? We had one here in Nina. We drove by it. It's not a 
multi-million dollar home by no means, but it's, it's sort of out of place because it's bigger than all the homes around it. Very nice. But what is the expression people use when they go into the house? Room to room to room to room. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What are they doing? And we have people out every day that says, Oh, my God. And what they're doing is taking the Lord's name and bringing it down to commonality, down to our level of talking. We're not using his name as sacred. We're just putting it into daily use. And I hear this all the time. Oh, my God. In fact, when you text somebody, what is it, OMG? How many times have you used that OMG? People just do not know what they're doing with it. So think about these words this morning, and I'm sure there's a lot of other ones that we can think of, other slang words. So be aware of it. But the third commandment says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. So think about it. Now we'll move on to the second part. Choices. And I heard in the children's story this morning how to make choices. How do you make choices? When you're given one or more choices, what do you do to choose the best one? First of all, say what you want to decide. Then come up with all the answers you can and think about what will happen after each one. And then lastly, choose the best answer. Make good choices and good decisions. The problem with this is, is that we usually skip the second one. Come up with all the answers you can, then think about what will happen after each one. If you go to the prison or to a jail, the people literally skip the second one. They just went from, I'll think about it, I'll do it. And that's what we've got to stop and think about. What are our choices? Let's make good decisions and good choices. God expects us to make good choices and good decisions. And we have two choices in this world. And you can choose either one. And those two are saved or lost. It's as simple as that. Sheep and the goats, you know. But it's not too hard to be lost, is it? We could start with not believing there is a God. And then we, we can get to we don't believe that he has a son called Jesus. How many religions out there today do not believe in Christ? And how about the Holy Spirit and angels? We have lots of books on angels, don't we? Do they really understand what angels do? And then we have people that don't really believe in Satan. And he must rejoice over that. That if they don't believe in him, how can they be aware of him? And then we have there is better things to do with our time than, one, go to church. Two, Bible study. Lesson study. How many of you remember when we used to have our 
our studies, we'd always ask, how many have studied their lesson this week? And we'd raise your hand and if you did and if you didn't. And usually there was more that didn't. And so we got around to not asking that question. I guess it was a little embarrassing because people don't always study their lessons. Or how about reading the Bible? When's the last time you picked it up and read the Bible or religious materials? I mean, the TV really attracts us, doesn't it? And then we've got all these electronic devices now that take up our time. But you know, Satan attracts many to the glitter and gloss of this world, whether it's drugs, alcohol, or gambling, pride, or the big eye. And there's many other influences. He's there to make sure you enjoy all the earthly pleasures that's really all they are, are earthly pleasures. What is in heaven is so far above anything that you could enjoy. You know, a lot of people say, oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God this, and I'm going to ask Jesus this, and I'm going to that. If I get to heaven, I ain't going to worry about all those questions, folks. I'm going to be so happy to be there and enjoy what he's made for us that I'm not even going to worry about all those dumb questions that I thought I had to ask him when I got there. You've got a thousand years. If you've made it, you'll have a thousand years to discuss that. I'll tell you, when you're sitting in it or standing in the new Jerusalem and you look out over the walls and when you see that new Eden produced by the word, you're going to wonder why you even thought about any dumb question that you want to ask. It is not relevant in heaven. If you can't enjoy heaven to the point that you can forget about this earth, because it says we're going to forget about everything, and I think that's great that we can that we don't have to bring it up. Because if you did, you get feelings back that was here, and we don't want those. And as the results, you see there's no future as long as Satan has control over you. None whatsoever. It's, it isn't easy, is it, to place ourselves first and others last. After all, they can do it alone without you or help anyway, right? How many times is there things to do in church or even in the neighborhood or within the congregation and help is asked for? And we uh, say, well, there's going to be others that are going to do it, so why should I volunteer? I'm so busy this weekend, I just can't do that. You know, God expects us to help others just as he did. There's so many more ways and things to keep us out of God's kingdom, and it just isn't funny, is it? As you look out at the world today, you see the wars, rumors of wars, you see pestilence, you see famines, tornadoes, everything that's happening, the world's being torn up here and there, people are losing their lives. Isn't it a time that we draw close to God? And ask him to be with us and guide us through these times. Because we're going to need it. We can't do it by ourselves, folks. Satan's too strong for us. Now to be saved, it has more to do with letting God save you because we can't save ourselves. Do you agree with that? 
You bet. I don't care how many jobs you hold in church and how well you do them and how much you can do it. It ain't going to get you to heaven. Keeping the Sabbath is not going to get you to heaven. Doing all the right things ain't going to get you to heaven. But when you believe in Jesus Christ and turn your life over to him, he'll do all the rest for you if you're willing. We have a promised future ahead with Jesus if we adhere to what he has asked us to do. And from the first commandment on, it says to have one God and believe in him. That was the problem with the Israelites. They had to wander 40 years to try to get it right, and they just couldn't. They're still having problems today. They're ready to build the temple, and they have been since I was a kid. The material is there. It's just those that are Palestinians don't like where they want to build it because they have to remove a building. But they want to, and they want to keep up the same rituals that they had back in the olden days, the ancient times. So to have one God and believe in him, and he said to keep my commandments. What did he say about the last day people? These are the ones that will keep my commandments and have the testimony of Jesus Christ, right? To be obedient to God. Oh, there goes that word again, obedient. Everybody knows I like that word. Obedient, what does it mean? How many of you this morning prayed for the people that were going to be up front? One, two, three? That's all of you? I might as well quit. I don't know whether I'm going to be able to make it through because you didn't pray for me. How come? No, it's people leading out in Sabbath school the lesson study. We need to pray for them. We need to pray for the people that are on the platform every Sabbath. The pianist, everybody that's taking part. They're doing what God has asked them to do. And Mrs. White has said, we need to take a few moments of silence when we come into the sanctuary and pray for those that are leading out. And then we have to have love Boy, that can be hard, ain't it, huh? To love your neighbor as yourself. Some neighbors you just don't seem to be able to love. How about like them? No, he said love them. There's a difference, ain't it? By liking them, we can tolerate them. But loving them is getting to know them and reaching out to them. You never know how that's going to affect somebody that may not like you to begin with. But for some reason, when you open up to them, they're willing to talk. So as you think of love, and there's so many, many ways that you can love, think about agape love and what it means. We have a promise of a new heaven and an earth. Are you willing to take that promise? How long will we sway between the Lord and his adversary. In the book of Joshua, I was reading it this week, and, you know, when you start something that's really good, you hate to stop. 
And as I read Joshua, one of the statements he made there in 2415, he said, as far as me and my family, we're going to do what? We're going to serve the Lord. At that time, he was divvying up the land from all the conquering he'd done. And I'm going to tell you, folks, you ain't never seen wars like he had. Now, the only thing I can think of is when we lost 20,000, 30,000 in civil war in one day or 5,000 in a few hours. The big battles in World War II where we lost thousands. Well, I'll tell you, five kings came together, brought all their men, and God told Joshua, don't worry, I'll take care of it. You will succeed. He killed everybody in those armies and all the people that were associated with him. And he went from one city to the next and wiped it out and burned them except one. God had proclaimed judgment on these cities and he told Joshua to get rid of the people because they were wicked. And when you read, it just keeps on going chapter after chapter after war after war. There had to be thousands and thousands of people that the sword was laid to. Everybody. So when we think of our wars that we have, and we lose a few men each week, the Battle of Lusty in, uh, there in Florida, in a few hours, the north and south laid 5,000 people down like nothing. And the big battles they had during the Civil War, as, high, as many as 20,000. One of the generals of the Union, when he walked through, he said you could not walk through the battlefield without stepping on a body every step. There was that many people on the ground. And Lusty was fought in a probably the size of our parking lot in the back lot in that church. It was in a wooded area. 5,000 men lost their lives that day. It seems insignificant at times, doesn't it? Why we want to do that. But as long as Satan has his way, he's going to make sure people do this. So how long are you going to sway between the Lord and his adversary? Jesus is calling all of us, and it's time to cross Jordan and claim the promised land. It awaits us. By God's grace, righteousness of Jesus, and by his atoning blood, we can be there. Jesus may call you today. Would you be ready to go home for eternity? That's a question you have to answer. Are you ready today? Or are you still waiting and thinking that you have time? As I pick up the paper every day, you go to the obituary column. You're always glad you don't see your name there, of course. But, you know, there's 20 people, and out of those 20, most of them are all below 70 years old, some of them down in their teens. They didn't wake up that morning thinking that they wouldn't be there that night. We don't know when he'll call us home, when he'll take back that spirit of life. So we need to be ready every moment of the day. We need to tell other about, uh, others about his soon coming. Be part of the church, not just a, a pew person. 
Can we do that? Because we got a new administration going to be in the church, and we want to see things happen this year that haven't happened in the past. We're not going to drag our feet anymore. We're going to get busy. Our Heavenly Father, may your Holy Spirit now bring the latter rain that will encourage us to go out and tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. As we depart from here today, may we make a new vow with you that we will tell people about you, that we will bring others to your family. Father, bless us now as we leave and bring us back next week again to worship you in your place of salvation. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.